نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah, we praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that He has no partners and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is his slave servant and his messenger. <coughs> I would like to begin this evening by just reminding uh, everyone that today is the first, uh, tonight is the first lecture that we are having after a break from the first half uh, the completion of the first half of the explanation of Al-Aqidah Tahawiyyah. And uh, I think that it is worth mentioning, uh, Alhamdulillah, that we were pretty much pleased with the results of the examination of everyone. Nonetheless, uh, we can all do better. So let us start from tonight and not... Uh, take the matter lightly and review from the first day from the first lesson, lesson by lesson so that inshallah after two or three months from now when we finish the book uh, we won't be in the same position we were in after we finished the first half <coughs> and also we're going to try inshallah to uh, weekly present some questions that uh, should be answered in the explanation of these points weekly and those questions will be the basis of the examination so that whoever reviews weekly inshallah they will benefit and also find no difficulty and no need for much of a review in the end inshallah so uh, let us begin with a quick review of the points that we covered in the last lecture before the review for the examination. As is our habit, uh, I'll start from the last three points that we covered in the last lecture, that was point number 49, uh, where Al-Imam Al-Tahawi rahimahullah says, وَالْعَرْشُ وَالْقُرْسِيُّ حَقٌّ وهو مستغن عن العرش وما دونه محيط بكل شيء وفوقه وقد أعجز عن الإحاطة خلقه The first point, Imam Tahawi mentions that العرش and القرسي are true they are a reality. They are two of the creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are different creations. They are not the same. They are not two names for the same thing. 
but they are two of the great creations that indicate the glory and the power and the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here, a Shaykh Abdurrahman, Muhammad ibn Abdurrahman, the Khumis, says in the explanation uh, of this point that the Arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a reality about which there is no doubt. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned it in many ayats of the Quran. From amongst those ayats is the ayah in Surah Al-Buruj, or the verse in Surah Al-Buruj, وَهُوَ الْغَفُورُ وَذُودُ ذُو الْعَرْشِ الْمَجِيدِ فَعَالُ لِمَا يُرِيدُ That Allah, He is the forgiving, the loving, and He is the possessor of the glorious Arsh. And He is the one who does whatever He wills. This is in Surah Al-Buruj, chapter 85, verse 15. Here the Shaykh says that this Arsh is a very great and tremendous creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and nothing encompasses it except Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. It is carried by a number of the great angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it is the ceiling of Jannatul Firdaus. The Arsh of Allah is the ceiling of Jannatul Firdaus, the highest place or the center of paradise. And all of these descriptions have been authenticated from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. And also it has been authenticated from him that this arsh has qawa'im. It has pillars or that which the arsh is upon. Qawa'im. Like legs or something that you sit, that you put a table or a chair or anything upon to hold it up. And this description from the Prophet ﷺ makes clear to us the falsity of those who claim that the Arsh represents the mulk of Allah. It represents Allah's sovereignty or His power or His rulership. But in fact, the Arsh is one of the creations, a real entity which Allah has created. Then he says, well, kursi, the Qursi of Allah is also a reality. And it is the place of the two feet, as has been mentioned authentically, mawkuf, yani as a saying of Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma. And we say that this takes on the ruling of being marfu or attributed to the Prophet because there is no way for anyone to say such a thing except it came by revelation. And nothing also encompasses it except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and nothing is greater than the kursi except the arsh of Allah. It extends, the kursi extends over the heavens and the earth as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 255 Also, this description of the kursi makes us to know that the definition or the explanation of the Qursi as being representing the ilm or the knowledge of Allah is also false though it has been attributed as an explanation of Abdullah ibn Abbas but it has been attributed to him with a weak or fabricated isnad and in fact it is not a correct definition of the Qursi the Qursi doesn't represent the ilm of Allah but it is one of Allah's creation just as is the Arsh then we mentioned some of the sayings of the people who gave different explanations and some of the translations of the Qur'an in English where they tried to attribute some other type of meaning or definition to Al-Arsh and Al-Qursi. The next point, Al-Imam al says, وَهُوَ مُسْتَغْنِنْ 
عن العرش وما دونه and Allah is independent and free of need of the arsh and he is also independent and free of need of that which is less than the arsh since the arsh is the greatest of the creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Shaykh Al-Qumayyis he says in explanation of this briefly that Allah is without need of the arsh as well as the kursi and he didn't ascend above the arsh due to any need any need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to that arsh but it was for a great wisdom that Allah ascended above the arsh and Allah is free of any such description that he could be in need of the arsh or anything less than the arsh Allah is greater than that and Allah's affair is greater than that in fact the arsh and the kursi they are held up and supported by the power and authority of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then there were some comments from Shaykh al-Albani concerning this point and briefly the meaning of what he said <coughs> he was refuting the Mu'adqila, those people who negated the uh, true real description and interpretation of the Qursi and the Arsh and Allah's ascending above the Arsh and showing how even rationally not only from the text of Quran and Sunnah but even rationally or intellectually their reasoning is false and that Allah is outside of human reasoning and intellect Allah is not bound by human intellect such to say that whatever is above something is relying upon it or depending upon it and in need of it that may be in relation to the creatures but in relation to Allah, Allah is above everything and in fact he is not in need of anything that he is above nor does he rely on it but everything that he is above is in need of him and relying upon him and then he mentioned the saying of Imam Malik in reference to these issues and explanations of those things that concern Allah's sifat or characteristics and Allah's actions that, the, that we affirm those things, the reality of them as they are understood clearly in Arabic language but the how of it is known only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that famous statement of Imam Malik when he was asked about how is Allah's ascension above the throne and he said that the ascension is well known the how of it is unknown to ask about it is innovation and to believe in it or to have faith in it is wajib or obligatory and finally Imam al-Tahawi in the last point that we covered in that lecture point number 51 he says muhitun bi kulli shayin wa fawqahu wa qad a'ajaza anil ihafati khalqahu that Allah encompasses and surrounds everything in existence and he is above everything wa huwa fawqahu he is above everything in the creation and also Allah has made the creation all of what he has created incapable of encompassing him here the shaykh al-Qumis says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encompasses everything in the creation including the arsh and that which is less than it and there is nothing above the arsh except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah has surrounded and encompassed everything by his knowledge and his awareness and his power and nothing of his creation can encompass him as Allah says in Surah Al-Taha, chapter 20, verse 110, And Allah is the one who knows everything that is before them and behind them, and nothing encompasses Him. Yani nothing has knowledge that can encompass the reality of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, this is the summary of what we covered in the last lecture. And now to go on to the next point, 
the second half of the book, starting with point number 52, the saying of Imam al-Tahawi rahimahullah, in the 16th paragraph, point number 52, he says, Ibrahima Khalila وَكَلَّمَ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا إِمَانًا وَتَصْدِيقًا وَتَسْلِيمًا We, the Muslims, we say with Iman and Tasdeeq and Taslim, having faith in the information that came to us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, having faith in that and affirming it, affirming the truth of it and submitting, having submission to that which Allah intended in His words in the book and that which the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam intended in His words, in His authentic sunnah, we submit to it and surrender to that which was intended by Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We say, believing and affirming and in full submission that Allah has taken Ibrahim as a Khalil. Allah has taken Ibrahim alayhi salam as a Khalil. A trusted, close friend. This is the definition or the meaning of Khalil in the Arabic language. وَكَلَّمَ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا And he has also, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has spoken to Musa تَكْلِيمًا With real, actual speech. And point number 53 وَنُؤْمِنُ بِالْمَلَائِكَةِ وَالنَّبِيِّينَ وَالْقُتُبِ الْمُنَزَّلَةِ عَلَى الْمُرْسَلِينَ وَنَشْهَدُ أنهم على كانوا على ذلك كانوا على الحق المبين. And we believe also in the angels and the prophets and the books which were sent down or revealed to the messengers and we testify and bear witness that in fact all of them, all of the prophets and messengers, that they were on the clear truth. الحق المبين. Here the Shaykh says concerning the first point, point number 52. That very Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken his prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam as a khalil. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4 verse 125, Allahu Ibrahima khalila. And Allah has taken Ibrahim as a khalil. He has brought him near to himself, selected and chosen him, and made him to be of those who are close or near to him, and he has also raised him up to a station that no one else besides him has reached. He has raised the Prophet Ibrahim السلام, to a station that no one besides him has reached except the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wasallam. Additionally, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has spoken to Musa السلام, with real speech. كَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا With real speech. As Allah says in Surah and Nisa chapter 4 verse 164 and Allah has affirmed this speech not sufficing it to say Musa, that Allah has spoken to Musa but he affirmed it with the masdar takliman to make sure that there is no doubt about the fact that he intended speech by this kalam Musa with real speech takliman so that there is no doubt of what he intended here that it is kalam al-kalam al-haqiqi and it is not as some of the deviant people imagined who negated the sifa or the characteristic of al-kalam from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
they denied that Allah speaks, that Allah is a speaker, that Allah has speech. When in fact, He did speak, it is real speech. As the scholars said of Ahlul Sunnah al Jama'ah, the huruf was out. That speech which contains letters and a voice that is heard, but it is in a way, the kafir, the how of it, is in a way that is suitable to the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the general rule that we discussed on many occasions concerning Tawheed, Asma'a wa Sifat, the general rule is that the Sifat or the characteristics or qualities or actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they should not be understood in the way that the sifat or the characteristics or the qualities or the actions of his creatures are understood. That in, in, indeed Allah does see but his sight is not like the sight of human beings or any other creature. And Allah speaks but his speech is not like the speech of human beings or any other creature. Just like the speech of human beings is not like the speech of birds and the speech of birds is not like the speech of dogs and other animals and other creatures. All of them speak but the speech is different. Each one according to that which is suitable to that creature and so also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his speech is suitable to his majesty, his greatness and his glory. So we believe in all of that as it has been narrated or reported in authentic texts both in the Quran and the Sunnah and we do not deny or negate any of it nor do we explain it away with false or inaccurate interpretations. We believe in that information which has come to us we affirm it and we submit to it in the way that it was intended by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the way that it was intended by his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is the end of what Shaykh Khumis says. Uh, and because uh, normally we used to mention some of the commentary of Shaykh Muhammad Nasruddin al-Albani, Hafizahullah, and Shaykh Abdulaziz ibn Abdullah ibn Baz, rahimahullah, but there was no commentary on these points from either of them. Therefore, due to the briefness of the commentary of Sheikh Khumis, I decided to take some notes from the comprehensive explanation of Al-Aqidah Tahawiyya by Imam Ibn Abil Iz. And his commentary is very extensive, so we would like to just take a few points from there as time will allow, inshaAllah. First of all, uh, he says concerning the point, first point that we say that very Allah has taken Ibrahim as a Khalil and he has spoken to and Allah has spoken to Musa with real speech. He says that this saying of Allah concerning Ibrahim alayhi salam and Musa alayhi salam uh, and this is these are introductory remarks leading up to the next point which deals with the prophethood uh, the prophethood and the messenship of those who were sent to the nations of the past and also here though there is some emphasis here not only on prophethood but there is an additional issue that is very important and is the issue of the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how we should understand them here Ibn Abdul Iz rahimahullah discusses this issue how the Muslim those who consider themselves to be of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah are those who follow the way of the companions of the Prophet as they understood the Quran and Sunnah. And this is an issue that 
required some attention since many of those generations who came after them, the later people, deviated from their understanding and came up with new ideas. Here he says that al-khillah or the close friendship, it means the perfection of al-mahabba, the perfection, the highest degree of love, not ordinary love. And there are many degrees of love as Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, mentioned concerning this, about 20 or more degrees of love and the descriptions of each of them, in any case, it is agreed upon by the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah that the highest degree of this love and the highest station is Al-Khillah or Al-Khalil that Allah has taken Ibrahim as his Khalil and we also mentioned previously in another part of the book earlier uh, the proofs concerning the fact that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Messenger of Allah was also taken as Khalil by Allah so he says that the Jahmiyyah, which is one of the groups of people who deviated after the time of Sahaba uh, in many issues and from amongst those issues is the issue of the sifat or the characteristics or qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they deviated about this concerning this matter and they denied the reality of al-mahabba for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from both ways yani that Allah has love for any of his creature or he has taken yani one of his creatures in this kind of yani relationship of close love and, he, and they also denied that Ibrahim السلام, had such a relationship with Allah that Ibrahim has taken Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as his khalil and they claimed that this love cannot be except that there is a reason that there should be a love that there should be between the one who loves and the one that is loved some previously existing relationship and that can't be between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who was before everything existed and anything that came after him. They said that this couldn't be. How can it be that Allah could love something that came after him or something that came after him have this relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they also denied the reality of speech that Allah speaks or that Allah spoke to Ibrahim alayhi salam. Here he mentions, Ibn Abdul Iz rahimahullah mentions that the first people who made this innovation in aqidah uh, it was the person named Al-Jahad Al-Jahad ibn Dirham and he was in the beginning of the first uh, century or I mean right after the first century in the beginning of the second century uh, and it is reported that uh, Khalid ibn Abdullah Al-Qasri who was the Amir of Iraq that he slaughtered or sacrificed Al-Ja'ad ibn Dirham in front of the people after the khutbah on the day of Eid Al-Adha and that he said to the people Ayyuhal Nas Dahu taqabbal Allah Dahayakum Make your sacrifices now the sacrifice of the day of Eid and may Allah accept from you your sacrifices فَإِنِّي مُضَحِّ بِالْجَعَد ibn Dirham إِنَّهُ زَعَمَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَمْ يَتَّخِذْ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا وَلَمْ يُكَلِّمْ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا He said that make your sacrifices and may Allah accept them from you and I am going to make my sacrifice by slaughtering Ja'ad ibn Dirham because he claimed that Allah has not taken Ibrahim as his Khalil and he claimed that Allah has not spoken to Musa but Allah himself says this in clear language in the Quran this denial of the Quran is kufr so he slaughtered him he killed him in front of the people on the day of Eid al-Adha and this action was based on the fatwa 
of the ulama, of the tabi'een, the scholars, of the students of Sahaba of his time. The ulama of that time made the fatwa, the ja'ad should be killed for this kufr that he innovated in the deen of Islam. This shows you the seriousness not only of the actions, the actions of the people such as the crime of stealing or fornication or other such acts, but what is more serious than that is the crime against the Islamic aqidah, that people's belief system is destroyed or distorted or corrupted. And for this reason, the Amir of the Muslims made an example that others should take heed from. Then this, uh, uh, this idea or this madhab or this ideology was taken later by Al-Jahm ibn Safwan and he came out with this idea and he spread it and he debated the people about it and it was to him Jahm ibn Safwan that the name Jahmiya was attributed later on because he was the one who made this philosophy or this falsehood famous after him Amr ibn Ubaid who was one of the leaders of the Mu'tazila also took this idea and supported it and tried to champion that idea in the time of the Khilafah of Ma'moon and the Khalifa accepted this idea and tried to force the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah to accept this idea and to affirm it or to confirm it and they fought against this idea and rejected it uh, also he mentions amongst those points that he mentioned that Al-Khilla it is the perfection or the state of perfection of the love of the one who is engrossed in their love completely loving the one who they have taken for this status but we should understand that the mahabba, the love or the khilla of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it should be understood in a way that is suitable and appropriate to the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as we understand the rest of his characteristics or qualities or actions and that this sifa or characteristic that has been mentioned clearly in the Quran has also been affirmed in the authentic hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that was reported by Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who said لَوْ كُنْتُ مُتَّخِذًا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْأَرْضِ خَلِيلًا لَاتَّخَذْتُ أَبَا بَكْرٍ خَلِيلًا وَلَكِنْ صَاحِبُكُمْ خَلِيلُ اللَّهِ But if I was to take any one of the people of the earth, the Ahl Ard, if I was to take someone as a Khalil, then the one who had the most right to it is Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu I would have taken him but in fact I am the Khalil of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this hadith is reported authentically in many narrations in Al-Bukhari and in Muslim and otherwise and also another narration that's reported similarly from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he said he compared him be, himself being taken as Khalil of Allah as was Ibrahim in the authentic hadith he said inna allaha ittakhadhani khalilan kama ittakhadha ibrahim khalilan that Allah has taken me as a khalil just as he has taken ibrahim as a khalil here 
Al-Imam Ibn Abi Al-Iz turns to another issue and it is the fact that Al-Khilla is higher than Al-Mahabba, normal love and this is proven by the fact that even though Allah, even though the Prophet of Allah said that if he was to take someone from the people of the earth of this world as a Khalil he would take an Abu Bakr but since he didn't take him that means there was no one better than him to take so he didn't take anyone yet Al-Mahabba is confirmed the love of the Prophet of Allah is confirmed for many of the, of, of the people in the earth as it was confirmed in a number of authentic hadith in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed and the Sahih of Ibn Khuzayma and Ibn Hibban is reported that the Prophet وسلم, said to Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu anhu Wallahi inni la uhibbuk Wallahi I swear by Allah that I love you He said to Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu anhu And it is also reported that the Prophet وسلم, on one occasion when a woman from the Ansar came to him and she was carrying a small child the Prophet وسلم, spoke to her and he said وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ إِنَّكُمْ أَحَبُّ النَّاسِ إِلَيَّ إِنَّكُمْ أَحَبُّ النَّاسِ إِلَيَّ He said by the one I swear by the one in whose hand is my life that verily you all that is the Ansar are the most beloved people to me and he repeated it twice verily you all the Ansar the Ansar are the most beloved of the people to me and there are a number of other narrations which prove such as Zayd Ibn Haritha radiallahu anhu that he was the hib of Allah the beloved of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and so also his son Usama ibn Zayd radiallahu anhuma was also the beloved of the messenger of Allah and the examples of such are many uh, the final example that he mentioned was when the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was asked by Amr ibn al-As radiallahu anhu which of the people is most beloved to you which of the people and there were many people that was beloved to the Prophet and which of them was the most beloved and the Prophet of Allah said Aisha radiallahu anha subhanallah wa bihamdihi look at these people who have disgraced the wives of the Prophet and used such descriptions for Aisha the most beloved of the wives of the Prophet such as Al-Baqarah calling her a cow a'udhu billah Yani, subhanallah, these filthy, corrupt, rafidah, Shia people who think of the wives of the Prophet in such a way while the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said of all the people in the earth the most beloved to him is Aisha radiallahu anha then it was said to him but who amongst the rijal, yani, which of the people from amongst men is most beloved to you and he said Abuha, her father, Abu Bakr, Sadiq radiallahu anhu this hadith recorded in Bukhari Muslim so from this it becomes known that al-khilla or this station of khalil is higher than the normal station of mahabba or love uh, and this is a special position that has only been given to two of the prophets of Allah Ibrahim alayhi salam and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam also, yani, he makes a discussion concerning uh, the closeness of the Prophet Ibrahim السلام, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and mentioned how when Allah had taken Ibrahim as his Khalil 
After that, Ibrahim asked Allah to give him a righteous son. And he gave him a righteous son. And his son began to take a place in his heart. Ibrahim loved his son very much. And so Allah tested him to see was his love for his son, who was a righteous son, who was going to be يعني, the one who, take, who would take after him the prophethood and otherwise. Was his love greater for his son or his love for Allah? And Allah tested him by commanding him to sacrifice his son. And Ibrahim السلام, recognizing the greatness of the status and the station that Allah has given to him by taking him as Khalil, he proceeded without hesitation to sacrifice his son and even his son who was a righteous child and later a prophet. When his father told him what he was going to do, he said, you will find me sabiran insha'Allah. I will be patient with that which Allah has commanded you with. And when Allah saw that he was ready and willing to sacrifice him, then the test يعني, was passed and Allah exchanged a great animal, a ram, in exchange for the sacrifice of his son. Ismail Then uh, the Shaykh goes on to mention uh, something related to the status and the station of Ibrahim and the offspring of Ibrahim and the high status that the family or the Ali Ibrahim was given and he mentions that of those things that Allah has singled out and specialized the Ali Ibrahim that we mention in our salat and tashahud every day when we pray as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam instructed us to pray Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa Ali Ibrahim then uh, here the Shaykh or Imam Ibn Abdul Iz he says that of those special characteristics that Allah has given or the special status that Allah has given to the Ali Ibrahim the family of Ibrahim or his offspring is that he gave them Nubuwa, prophethood, and Al-Kitab, revelation. Also, he made them Imams that guided the people by the command of Allah until Yawmul Qiyamah, and all people entered paradise by following the guidance of the Prophet, entered paradise by the guidance of the family of Ibrahim, because no Prophet came after Ibrahim except they were from his offspring. All the Prophets who came after Ibrahim were only from his offspring. And also, he mentioned that of those great uh, special يعني, or the status that Allah has given to Ali Ibrahim is that from the family of Ibrahim two prophets or two of them were taken as Khalil of Allah that is Ibrahim himself and the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, who was the offspring of Ibrahim through Ismail and also that they were made as Imams of the people as mentioned in the Quran, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inni ja'iluka linnasi imama. That I've made you for the people as an imam or a leader. And also that Allah has ordered his servants, all of those who came in the latter generation until, until this time, until Yawm Qiyamah, that they should ask for salat, يعني, uh, they should ask for salat on the people of the family or the offspring or the house of Ibrahim This is يعني, a summary of what the, Ibn Abdul Iz says concerning the position of Ibrahim his khilla or nearness or closeness and trust, trusted position to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
concerning the kalam of Allah, the speech of Allah to Musa alayhi salam, also it is an important issue concerning the Islamic aqidah and particularly the tawheed of al-asma wa sifat the names of Allah and his characteristics. Uh, also concerning this sifa or characteristic of Allah, kalam of Allah speaking, the people after the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam deviated from the understanding which Allah uh, gives to us in the Quran and understanding that's reported to us clearly in the authentic reports from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the understanding of the companions of the Prophet radiallahu anhum ajma'een we have been ordered to follow their way as Allah said in the Quran when he threatened those who uh, oppose the command of the Prophet وَمَنْ يُشَاكِكُ الرَّسُولُ مَنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ الْهُدَى وَيَتَّبِعْ غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ that those who oppose the command of the Prophet after the guidance that became clear to them and follow غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ other than the way of the believers and the believers was none other than the companions of the Prophet وسلم, there were no believers when the Quran was revealed except his Sahaba so Allah threatened those people who oppose the Prophet's command وسلم, and who follow other than the way of the believers, meaning the Sahaba, that those people, he would turn them to that which they turn themselves and that they would end up in the hellfire. So here, those people who deviated from the understanding of the Prophet وسلم, and his Sahaba, they deviate also concerning this aspect or this characteristic of Allah, the kalam of Allah, the speech of Allah. And here, uh, Al-Imam Ibn Qudama, one of the scholars of the Hanbali Madhab, uh, mentioned some, something related to this point that's important. So we, uh, and also this is, conf- is the confirmation also of the fact that even the ikhtilaf or difference of the madhahib in fiqh of the scholars of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah didn't make any difference in the aqidah. That in the secondary matters of fiqh and Islamic jurisprudence, they differed on some points. But in matters of aqidah there was no difference and we find that the scholars of the Hanafi madhab like Ibn Abdul Aziz or Imam al-Sahawi himself, the author of the book who was from the Hanafi madhab didn't have any different aqidah than did the scholars of the Hanbali madhab or the Maliki madhab or Shafi'i madhab and Ibn Qudam rahimahullah mentions concerning the characteristic of Allah kalam he mentions a number of ayats and the first of them is Surah An-Nisa verse 164 that Allah has spoken to Musa with real speech and the second of them is Surah Al-A'raf A'raf, I think it's chapter 7 verse 144 the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ya Musa inni istafaytuka ala nasi bi risalati wa bi kalami he said, O oh Musa Allah called out to Musa Ya Musa, verily I have chosen you I have selected you above the rest of mankind bi risalati by my messages wa bi kalami and my speech then Allah finished this ayah by saying فَخُذْ مَا آتَيْتُكَ وَكُمْ مِنَ الشَّاكِرِينَ So take that which I have given you and be of those who are thankful. And also the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Taha chapter 20 verse 11 and 12 the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَلَمَّا أَتَاهَا When this speaking of the time when Musa salam saw some fire when he was with his wife in the desert and he saw some fire and he went up to the mountain to get that fire to take something from it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions concerning this incident فَلَمَّا أَتَاهَا نُودِيَا يَا مُوسَى When Musa came to that fire, to the place where the fire was at then he was called, a call was made to him نُودِيَا يَا مُوسَى O Musa إِنِّي أَنَا رَبُّكَ 
Verily, I am your Lord. In another place, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yani concerning this same incident in Surah Al-Taha, chapter 14, the saying of Allah, وَأَنَا اِخْتَرْتُكَ فَاسْتَمِعْ لِمَا يُوحَى Verily, I have chosen you, yani for prophethood, so listen to that which is revealed to you. Listen to that which is being revealed. إِنَّنِي أَنَا اللَّهِ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنَا that verily I am Allah there is nothing that should be worshipped except me so worship me and establish the salat for the remembrance of me this is also mentioned in Surah Al-Taha chapter 20 verse 14 and there is no way that the one who said these words could be other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how can they say these are the words other than Allah innani ana Allah la ilaha illa ana can anyone or anything else say such words? And also, the saying of the Prophet ﷺ recorded an authentic hadith uh, in which he said, إِذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهِ أَنْ يُوحِي بِأَمْرِهِ تَكَلَّمَ بِالْوَحْدِ Now whenever Allah intends or wants to reveal something of His command, تَكَلَّمَ بِالْوَحْدِ Then He speaks with the revelation that He intends to reveal. And this hadith is reported in the Sahih of Ibn Khuzayma and also reported by Ibn Jariyah in his Tafsir, Ibn Jariyah al-Tabari, the scholar of Tafsir, and Ibn Abi al-Hatim al-Razi. And is reported also by other of the scholars of hadith. And in the end of, in another narration of the hadith, uh, which is reported by Nawaz ibn Sam'an, radiallahu anhu, attributed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, وَإِذَا سَمِعَ ذَلِكَ أَحْلُ السَّمَاوَاتِ Whenever Allah wants to reveal something of His commands, then He speaks with that revelation. And if the people, Ahlul Samawat, if they hear that speech of Allah, Sa'iku, then they fall down in prostration or they fall unconscious from hearing the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here, uh, in this book, Lumat al Ayatiqad, which inshallah we hope to study if we finish bi'ithnillah ta'ala al-aqeedah tahawiyah and this book contains Lum'at al-Atiqab ibn Qadama contains many issues concerning Tawheed al-Asma wa sifat here in the explanation of this book al-Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymin hafidhahullah may Allah protect and preserve him he mentions to us concerning this issue of kalam or the speech of Allah that there is a difference of opinion and there are many madhahib or different yani, groups that held some deviant opinion or understanding other than the understanding of the Prophet ﷺ and his companions and the two most famous of them is the Jahmiya and the Ashairah or the Ashariya he says that, the, that of the people who deviated from the Ahl Sunnah al-Jama'ah concerning the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the first of them is the Jahmiya and not only did the Jahmiyyah deviate concerning the sifat of Allah, the asma and sifat of Allah, and they were the most deviant of those who deviated in that they denied the names of Allah completely, all of them, and the characteristics of Allah completely, all of them. They denied all of them completely, even without yeah, trying to re-explain them or accepting any of them. They were the most deviant of those who deviated. And not only that, but in reference to the Qadr of Allah, which we previously studied in the first half of the book, they also deviate in Qadr from the, from the, in the issue of Qadr, they were Jabariyah, those who said that the human being has no will, 
or no ability to do anything, but whatever they do is by Allah forcing them to do it. This was also يعني, a deviation uh, of the people who came after the Sahaba. And concerning Al-Iman or the issue of Iman was Iman, they were murja'a of those who said that Iman was only that which is in the heart. It didn't require speech nor actions. And we know that the saying of the Ahl Sunnah Jumaah's definition of Iman is that it is and a belief in the heart or conviction in the heart as well as speech that one speaks admitting it or testifying to it and actions that are supported or in, are in accordance with that which you claim to believe in and they also, many of the scholars said that Iman increase and decrease and increase with obedience and decrease with disobedience in any case, these people, the Jahmiya they said that speech or speaking is not one of the characteristics of Allah but in fact, in fact what, what is mentioned in the Quran when it says that Allah speaks, this is really a khalq min makhluqatillah. Yani it is a creation. Speech is something that Allah created. It is one of Allah's creatures that He created. <coughs> and He yani, puts it in the air or in that place where it's supposed to be heard. And it's only attributed to Allah in the way that some of Allah's creations are attributed to Him, like the base of Allah or naqat Allah. Yani in a way of honoring the house of Allah is called, yani the Ka'ab is called base Allah as to show the high status or honor of the house of Allah then they said this speech of Allah really means yeah, and it's just a creation of Allah like that and it's really only something that Allah created and Allah puts it in the place where He wants it to be heard which really if you think about it it's kind of even yeah, ridiculous I don't know how these people came up with such strange ideas Sheikh Muhammad Ibn Salih Uthaymeen says that this idea is refuted in a number of ways. The first of them we say to refute them that this is in opposition or in contradiction to the ijma' or consensus of the early generation of the Muslims. They were in agreement without any difference of opinion amongst the Sahaba that Allah did in fact affirm for itself the characteristics of speech. Secondly, it is not even acceptable intellectually or from the intellect because Speech is a characteristic of a speaker. Yani in order for there to be speech, there has to be someone to speak. And there is no such thing as speech that's just independent, separated from anyone who speaks with those words. So even yani, intellectually or rationally, it doesn't even make sense. And third, he says, finally, that they also refuted due to the fact that Musa السلام, actually heard Allah saying, Innani ana Allah, verily, definitely, I am Allah, la ilaha illa ana fa'abudni. Musa salam heard Allah saying, verily, definitely, I am Allah, there is nothing that should be worshipped except me, so worship me. Was this just some speech in the air, something that Allah created saying, I am Allah, worship me? It is impossible and unacceptable that anything of Allah's creatures could have spoken with such words. The second group uh, of those who are still يعني, prominent in the Muslim world today is the Ash'ariya or the Ash'ira.
they said that kalam Allah, the speech of Allah, it means some idea or thought that is independent in and of itself. And it has nothing to do with or no relationship to the will of Allah. And that these letters and this voice or sound that is heard is only something of the creatures or the creation of Allah that Allah created to express that meaning or that thought or that idea that was يعني, in himself. Yani the thought or idea that Allah had, He created these letters and these sounds to express that meaning. But in fact, that which is heard is really just something created by Allah. And we know that the sifat of Allah, whether it's His speech or His sight or His knowledge or His face or His hands or whatever, any of the sifat or the characters of Allah is part of Allah. None of Allah is created. Everything that is the characters of Allah is not created. Allah is the creator and whatever is connected to Him is not from creation. And that includes Allah's speech. It could not be a created thing. Here a Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen, Allah, also mentions three points that we refute them. First by saying that this idea of the Ashariya also is in contradiction to the consensus or the ijma' of the early generations of the Muslims, particularly the Sahaba radiallahu anhu majma'in. And secondly, he said that this opinion or this idea that they hold is contradictory and in conflict with the evidences. Because the evidence that we already expressed and so many evidences besides that point clearly to the fact that the speech of Allah is heard and nothing can be heard except that it actually has a voice and that ideas or thoughts which are independent in and of themselves are not heard and for sure the speech of Allah was heard and finally he says that this is also in contradiction or contrary to that which is well known and what people are accustomed to when anyone says speech that someone spoke that someone talked that someone called out we understand that this is something that is heard even if we say that the, the speech or the voice or the sounds of every creature are not heard by every other creature but definitely they are heard by something or someone so this is contrary to what is known what is well known that is referred to in Arabic language or even in English language as speech uh, and he also says that that which is within someone the feeling or thought that they have within themselves is not referred to by speech in this way uh, in Arabic language that is not referred to as kalam then he mentions few things the first of them the proof that the speech of Allah is bil huruf is actually by letters that the speech of Allah uh, is composed of letters huruf the speech of Allah is composed of letters he says that the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Taha chapter 20 verse 11 and 12 which we already mentioned Ya Musa inni ana rabbuk that these words these kalimat are composed of letters and these kalimat these words are the speech of Allah if these are actually words and these words contain letters and these words are the speech of Allah then the speech of Allah is composed of letters also the Shaykh Uthaymeen says that the proof that the speech of Allah is really sound, sound, voice that is heard is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Maryam chapter 19 verse 51 and 2 
the saying of Allah was fil kitabi Musa innahu kana mukhlasan wa kana rasulan nabiyya and this ayah is a very important ayah I wish that we had the time to give some explanation of it but perhaps we don't if we do inshallah return to it uh, mention in the book meaning the Quran Musa verily he was mukhlasan and some of the scholars of tafsir differed about the meaning of mukhlasan it may mean chosen istafau that Allah has chosen and selected him or it may mean that he was sincere in himself and in his actions and his intentions and his speech and so on he was sincere mukhlas khalisa lillah subhanahu wa ta'ala that whatever he did and whatever he said was purely for the sake of Allah both of these meanings are applicable to Musa that he was indeed chosen by Allah and he was also one of the sincere ones in his speech and his actions and in everything وَكَانَ رَسُولًا نَبِيًّا and he was also a Rasul and a Prophet yani Allah gave him both the Risala, the message and he also gave him the Nubuwa or Prophethood and there's the difference between the two uh, one of the differences between the two is that the Nubuwa means that someone is given revelation this means Allah has selected them, selected them to give them a revelation and Risala means that they have a message that has to be delivered and the Nubuwa is between Allah and His servant the revelation comes from Allah to His servant and the Risala is between the Prophet and the people that He is to deliver it to then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this ayah وَنَادَيْنَاهُ مِنْ جَانِبِ الْتُورِ الْأَيْمَنِ وَقَرَّبْنَاهُ نَجِيًّا and we called out to him yani Allah is saying to Musa about Musa that we called out to him from the right side of the mountain of Tur and we brought him near to us yani Allah says that he, taught, he brought Musa near to him نَجِيًّا وَقَرَّبْنَاهُ نَجِيًّا that means that not only did Allah call out to him but najat means to speak to someone closely to someone who is near so in this ayah there are two things confirmed for the Prophet Musa السلام, that Allah called out to him and Allah also spoke to him from near both of these types of speech from far and from near are affirmed for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in reference to Musa السلام. and here Shaykh Uthameen says that al-nadah and al-munajat the calling out and the speaking to someone who is near is not it doesn't happen except by a voice by sawt by that which is heard and it has been reported from Abdullah ibn Anas or ibn Anis and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam that he said that the, the creation that Allah would gather together all of the creation him, and he will call out to them بِسَوْتٍ يَسْمَعُهُ مَنْ بَعُدَ كَمَا يَسْمَعُهُ مَنْ قَرُبَ that Allah will call out to the people بِسَوْتٍ with a sawt, a voice that will be heard by those who are near far as well as those who are near that sawt, that voice of Allah when He calls to the people it will be heard both by those who are far as well as be heard by those who are near and He will say أَنَا الْمَلِكْ أَنَا الدَّيَّانِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call out to the people and this is when Allah will collect all of the creation together on Yawm Qiyamah and announce to them that He is 
the king, the ruler. Uh, and finally, um, Sheikh Uthaymeen mentions here another point, but yani, the explanation of it is a little difficult. Uh, in any case, yani, it's a reference to a statement of Ibn Qadama, which he said in the text of the book that's being explained here by Sheikh Uthaymeen, that the speech of Allah, it has two characteristics. He referred to it here, the, uh, Ibn Qadama referred to it as Qadim, and Sheikh Uthaymeen said that really the correct understanding of this, we should understand that it means Qadim and now Hadith al-Ahad and truthfully I don't know exactly how to explain this but the best I can is to say that Qadim and now it means that uh, that speech as a characteristic of Allah is something that doesn't have a beginning yani that Allah always spoke from the very beginning not that he started speaking at a certain time and before that he didn't speak Qadim and now means that the type of characteristic or action of speaking is something that's ancient it was with Allah from the very beginning Wahadith al-Ahad it means inshallah that some specific speech of Allah at certain occasions when he spoke to the Prophet or when he spoke to anyone or when he would speak to the people in Yawm Qiyamah or when he would speak to the people in Paradise each of these individual types of speech that those things are happening as Allah wills it to be Hadith al-Ahad yani that every individual speech is something that happens from time to time and it comes about as Allah wills it but speech itself as a character of Allah is ancient with Allah from the very beginning uh, this is what we wanted to say today and there's perhaps no time left so we will stop here subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka if there are any comments or corrections or questions, there's a few minutes before the event. And also let me just remind the sisters as soon as we finish to please go downstairs to the sisters area because it's an Arabic class tonight and the men will be coming upstairs. Are there any comments or questions? Or corrections? If the sisters have any questions, please send them over quickly. In any case, then uh, let us stop here and uh, try, uh, and if there's not enough time, the second point is very long, <laughs> uh, concerning the belief in the angels and the prophets and the books that were revealed. This is a long topic. Uh, it will take perhaps I mean, a complete lecture, <coughs> uh, even in brief. So we'll save that for the next uh, lecture, bi'idhanillahi ta'ala. And uh, <coughs> please try to look at the questions that came with the handout tonight. Those questions, uh, at least the first part of them is dealing with the first point. Uh, inshallah, you should be able to answer. I don't have the paper in front of me, so I don't remember exactly what the questions are. But inshallah, I hope that we covered all the questions from the first part. Questions concerning the first point, point number 52. Can someone, let me see this uh, sheet. Uh, just... Uh, uh, Naam. The first question, who is known as Khalilullah? This should be obvious <coughs> from the, what we discussed here tonight, the saying of Al-Imam Al-Tahawi, uh, that we believe that Allah has taken Ibrahim as Khalil. The second question is, who is it that Allah spoke to directly? Yeah, and who is known as Khalimullah? And also this is clear from the saying of Allah, 
Naam, that Allah spoke to Musa with real speech. As for the third question, and the rest of the question is related to the next point, the third question, explain the meaning of the words, uh, actually I spelled this wrong, should be Kallam Allah, Kallam, Yani Kallam. Ala kulli hal, Yani Kallam Allah Musa Taklima, this is an Arabic expression, it's an ayah from the Quran, and literally it means, Kallama is a verb in Arabic, it means to speak. Kallam Allahu means that Allah is the speaker, the file, the subject of the sentence that Allah spoke to Musa, to the Prophet Musa salam. Taklima is a masdah uh, in Arabic language. It means it is used to confirm or to make more clear the verb that came before it. It is used to make it more clear or to confirm it. It has many other also any uh, uses, but this is the uh, meaning here in this ayah. It is being used to make clear and to confirm the verb that came before it, kallam, to make to confirm that Allah in fact is speech, speak, and to make clear that He means real speech. And also in this ayah, some of the deviant people in their tahrif, as we mentioned previously, that some of the deviations in the sifat of Allah, the asma of Allah, uh, we said that the first principle of asma wa sifat is that we confirm or affirm whatever Allah has affirmed for Himself and what the Prophet ﷺ has confirmed for Him. And we negate whatever Allah has negated from Himself and what the Prophet has negated from Him. And this confirmation or that it should be without negation, nafi, and it should be without ta'atil, those who confirm the expression but denied its meaning, which was a way of really negation, it should be without tashbih or tamthil or making comparison or example between the characteristics of Allah and the creatures, and it should be uh, without ta'wil or false, yani incorrect, inaccurate interpretation of it. Um, all of these things yani are types of deviation. Here, some of the people made tahrif. They uh, re-explained and distorted the real meaning of the characteristics of Allah, sometimes by re-explaining the meaning. But here, what they did was actually they distorted the actual text of the Qur'an itself. And instead of reading Kallam Allahu Musa, they read Kallam Allaha Musa. By changing one vowel, Kallam Allahu to Kallam Allaha, they made the love al Jalala, the word the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, instead of the one who doing the action, Allahu, they made it as the one who received the action, Allaha, which made the meaning as they tried to claim Kallam Allah Musa means that Musa is the one who is speaking to Allah, not that Allah spoke. So they denied Allah's speech in this way by distorting the actual words of the Quran itself. And this is one of the dangers uh, that Muslims should be careful of to learn the Quran, both its recitation as well as its interpretation, as it was recited and as it was explained by the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam who received it from Jibreel alayhi salam from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he taught it to his companions and they taught it to the tabi'un, those who came after them and so on and this is the way the Qur'an should be learned in recitation as well as interpretation if there are no comments or questions, nothing from the sisters, we will leave now inshaAllah والليل إذا عسعس والصبح إذا تنفس
فس 